Hey everyone, and welcome to another exciting episode of Battle of the Atom. This is your weekly X-Men podcast, where we rank every X-Men story from A to Z. I'm Adam. And I'm Zach. And Adam, welcome! Oh, man. It's almost uh, the the dawn of the House of X. It's I, the, I can hardly... It's the dawn of X? <laughs> it's followed, the House of the X before the dawn of the X. Followed closely by the brunch of X. Uh, because everyone essentially in the time between does just like get a coffee and maybe like a banana, but they, they still want to eat something. So like 10 30, 11 rolls around and they're all going to get brunch. Uh, and then of course that's going to lead into the afternoon of X, which is going to be some lazy team building stuff. Uh, everyone really <laughs> wants to get some work done. Wolverine really, he's just, he's desperate to mow. He knows he knows that that rain's coming, in, and even though it doesn't really yep. need it, if he doesn't do it now, it's not going to get done for a week, and it's going to look terrible. Colossus needs to rip a tree out of the ground. He does. Got to get that. Got to get that housekeeping, <laughs> real good. And then that that's gonna that's gonna come into the dusk of X. Uh, mm, I like the sound of the dusk of X. Yeah, that's hard to actually say. Dusk of X sounds a uh, dusk of X. Dusk of X does sound like a medicine. Uh, which would be a which would be a Hickman-y thing, and in fact, Adam, I've mm. I've I've got something here. Oh yeah! All right, what do you got? Well, you see, as as we are dawning into this age of X, of of Hicks, this house and these <laughs> these ten powers that we all have. Uh, yes, we. Uh, I I I have been keeping a keeping a sports book essentially. And I'd I'd like to present that to our listeners. So here's what's going to happen. yes. If anyone wants to put money on this, you can hit me up on Twitter, and we'll pretend like this is a thing I'm actually doing. (laughs) So no actual money will be exchanged. No, no money will be uh, exchanged (laughs) against. So so what you're saying is the currency involved in this is POGs, and uh, people will be able to bet and collect POGs. Yes, that's a <laughs> that's a great thing. So let, let's open the book. Uh, there's a yes. there's a there's a couple of a uh, couple of wagers here that I really think some people are going to be interested in. Uh, I'm in, I'm very interested. I want to know what's in this book. All right. So let's let's start out low at two to one odds. We have that under that Xavier Cerebro mask is a full head of hair. Okay, that that sounds reasonable. You know, not specifying whose hair. That's yeah. not part of the. That's not part of the bargain. But that's it. That's at two to one. Now but there's as, there's as, hair under there. That there's hair under there. <laughs> Title of the now, episode. <laughs> <laughs> now at at three to one, is that there is a secret ruling council. Uh, that hides in the shadows and is uh, mm. overtaken by their own hubris. Uh, sounds Illuminati Hicksman like. It sounds like the Manhattan Projects. It sounds. Sure. It sounds like East of West. <laughs> it sounds mm-hmm. like the Council of Reeds. 
Uh, Clandestine group. Yes. Now, here, here's coming up. It sounds like S.H.I.E.L.D. <laughs> it sounds like Secret Warriors. Anyway, anyway. Uh, at 4-1, to one, and I, I think this is less likely, but it has, it has a lot of potential. There is going to be a porcelain white-skinned woman who only speaks in riddles. Hmm. So, people, uh, if you're interested in that, that's going to be going on. There's also a uh, side bet on that. Uh, okay. That's that's for even money. Uh, that essentially goes down to if that very pale woman will be underwritten in the series. Uh, so we got that <laughs> we got that one going for us. Now, now I, I think we need to get into the highest highest tier bets. These are the pies in the skies. That okay. I want us to get yeah. to. What are the long shots here? Long shots. 25 to 1 odds here is that Bill the Lobster is the progenitor of all of mutant kind because lobsters are very long-lived. Yeah, yeah. So Bill has been here before us, and he will be here after us. Uh, I love those, that idea. Th- that's 25 to 1 odds. Now, if we want to get we want to get crazy, at 100 to 1 odds, uh, and this is really inspired by something that... Uh, X-Men uh, adjacent person, Scarlett Johansson, said. Is <laughs> uh, this about trees? <laughs> and it is. Well, there's a lot of trees involved. And, you know, Scarlett Johansson <laughs> has said that she can play any man, woman, animal, or tree. So. Yes. Making, making the fact that red is her color and that she wants to be mm-hmm. the face of the franchise I'm putting at 100 to 1 odds that Scarlett Johansson is actually Cyclops, <laughs> who is actually a tree. <laughs> uh, well, we so did if, have that great Groot, that great Groot cameo in uh, Avengers. <laughs> that, that was a great scene. So oh, when, you never when, know. When Yggdrasil, the world tree that made up the battle world of Secret Wars, was actually uh, destroyed because of Groot, who was a toothpick? Yep. That, <laughs> Yes, <laughs> it's very good. So that's the that's the sports book for uh, the Hawksbox era, and you know what? If anyone wants to get on this action, hit me up. Wow, I'm kind of surprised. No Mars, no World. Uh, just, it's just... Those, that's a push. That's a push. That's yeah. that's too low of stakes. No one wants. Okay. No one wants to bet against it because it's just going to happen. <laughs> Man, what's funny is they're going to have announced all the books by the time that this episode goes up. Uh, so we will pretty much know if I'm full of it or not. Or if you're full we're gonna of it. We're going to find out. Yeah, we're, we're probably both full of it. Or we're both very correct and uh, we'll be having a parade for ourselves. We might. We might. Now, mm. do, you, do you know who else deserves a parade? Uh, well, you did mention, uh, a certain lobster who definitely deserves a parade. Yeah. We're talking about William T. Lobster, uh, mm. of the fallen angels, which yes. is a story we're going to talk about today. Uh, Woo-hoo. and we're talking about that because friend of the show, Jordan Bloom went on over to patreon.com slash Xavier files, reached deep. He reached deep down into that pocket of his put his fingers softly around a crisp at least $2 bill and handed it to us (laughs) and said, I would love you to talk about Bill and Gomi. And we said, fine. (laughs) So Jordan, thank you. 
Yes, thank you, Jordan. I'm so excited to talk about Fallen Angels. Yeah, so let's talk about Fallen Angels. Fallen Angels is an eight-issue miniseries from the mid-'80s uh, written by Joe Duffy with uh, art by Kerry Gamble, Marie Severin, and Joe Statton. Can we just start, b- before we get into the actual content, can I just talk about how much I love 80s miniseries? Like, I, I would love, love it if you I did. S- I, I really, like, and I this was something that I really liked about the fact that there was um, New Mutants Dead Souls and um, uh, Multiple Man last year. Like, I feel like there was a little bit of an ode to this era, but... I I distinctly remember growing up and there being these sort of like wacky offshoot stories that were not the main book, which was on like issue three or 400 or something like that. And then you'd get this like you'd get Hawkeye for like five issues or Jack of Hearts for five issues. And I don't know. I just I I I have a very fond recollection of seeing the blank in a blank issue limited series from when I was a kid. Um, it and, made them feel more important. Sure. Yeah. I don't know. It was just a nice, a nice time. I don't even know if they're that great. I just, but you know what is great? Fallen Angels is great. <laughs> Fallen Angels has a lot to love. Uh, so oh my God. Let's, let's talk about this for a second. Fallen Angels takes place at oddly specific times in continuity. <laughs> mm-hmm. Like, yep, it's true. it's slotted into, you know, the month that the other X-Books were coming out. So it's very tight <laughs> on that. And it's a story about how Warlock and uh, Sunspot and Boom Boom and others end up hanging out with an Oliver Twist-esque uh, street gang. But then end up hanging out with dinosaurs, too, and then going off to a weird alien dimension planet. Uh, where everything <laughs> looks like the pinball wizard scene from Tommy uh, by the Who. Uh, oh my god! I'm, I'm not I wrong. I love the way you're describing this. I'm no, not wrong. I love the way you're describing this. Put Elton John's it, pinball wizard in Fallen Angels. He fits. If you had seen the advertisements leading up to this, you know, with with Sunspot angrily standing over what looks to be a, a dead uh, cannonball, and you read the first issue. And you assume that this is going to be, you know, Sunspot and Warlock hitting this, hitting the city because Sunspot's convinced that he has done irreparable harm to his best friend and he needs to run away. How in the world could you ever expect that within eight issues we would be in Coconut Grove? I mean, it's such a bananas series and there is absolutely nothing like it in the rest of X-Men continuity. Like it's so wild. Yeah. We need to, we need to talk in case people don't know, Adam, the fallen angels. Yes. We already established warlock, boom, boom, and sunspot are all there. Sure. Other X-Men favorites, multiple man. Well, yep. Siren. Mm hmm. And the vanisher. (laughs) <laughs> and the vanisher yes um and that excludes new characters uh like chance and ariel um and then we also have another new character in gomi and his um sort of frankenstein um lobster pals don and bill and then we get on top of all of that uh the jack kirby devil dinosaur and moon boy 
It's so a that's crazy cast. That's thirteen characters. <laughs> yup. There's a lot going on in this book. No kidding. Some would argue possibly too much is going on in this Not book. Not me. Not me. I'm on board. <laughs> I'm not I'm not not on board. But let's talk about the structure of it. Because like you said, it starts as like this kind of moody thing. And the narration always starts with, my name is Bobby DaCosta. I'm 14 <laughs> years old. And it's like this. It's like if the Grant Gustin Flash stuff was real, real, real sad. Well, it goes off the rails pretty quickly um, because at the end of the first issue, Bobby and Chance have been sort of driven to the back of an alley uh, by, you know, a couple of thugs. And already we see our first appearance of Ariel, who is straight up rocking a leotard from like her aerobics class, scarf, bangles, uh, (laughs) what, you know, looks to be these very oddly fitting leggings and within a couple of pages um, of that, we get our introduce- introduction to Gomi, Don, and Bill. And you know things are just going to get weirder and weirder as this thing goes on. Because you're right. It's sort of this weird Oliver Twist-like mixed cast of, of weirdos. Um, but, man, I feel like this could have gone on for like 20 issues of zany misadventures. And I don't even know what would have happened. It could have gotten even crazier. It could have. It does a lot uh, because by the end of issue four, they have the team of 13 characters. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then in issue five, one of the fallen angels does die. And that is Don, who is the blue lobster. Oh, yes. Unmercifully uh, smushed to bits by a devil dinosaur in, a, in, a, in an accident. It's not a murder. Uh, Bill doesn't see it that way. Bill gets mad. Bill's the green lobster, by the way. The lobsters don't talk. Uh, well, they, they kind of talk in emoticon, like thought bubbles a little bit, just so we know where they're coming from. Yeah, they have like a cartooning thing going on, but they don't have dialogue. No, no. It's, it's, uh, it's, who, is it Leech that talks in like symbols and stuff like that? Artie. It's, it's Artie does. Artie. It's Artie, very sorry. similar to Artie. Yeah. It's very similar to what Artie does, uh, except they're not actually projecting these things on the walls. Nah, they're just making lobster noises. Anyway, uh, everyone does get captured because Ariel betrays the team to help her kind, who are the people of Coconut Grove, which is, again, Tommy's pinball wizard from The Who's 1970. Is the movie in 71? No, the movie's later. Uh, I think the movie's in 75. Sure. Because Who's Next is like 71. Tommy was 69. So yeah, it would have been 75 or maybe even later than that. Anyway, unimportant, uh, because all of mutation has stopped in Coconut Grove, except for they just didn't really look hard enough. Right, because Ariel's immune. Yeah, and also at the same time, Bill the Lobster says, screw all of you. I'm getting revenge for my best friend, slash brother, slash boyfriend, slash we don't really know their relationship, but it's very deep and important to Bill. Yes. He does try and kill a Tyrannosaurus Rex. <laughs> it's like die hard the dialogue great. the the first two pages of number eight are some of the best pages in x-men continuity ever oh it's so good 
I can't tell you how much I love this book. It's just an I'm, incredibly determined lobster. Yes, I love these characters. They're so weird. I know that um, you've always had a, an affinity for the Exterminators. And this if you're a fan of the Exterminators and you've never gotten around to reading Fallen Angels, this is not saddled with being part of any crossover. So it's just this wild, freewheeling adventure. And I, I don't know, man. It's just so crazy. I, I, I really like Gamble's art in this. I think she does yeah. a really good job making very expressive characters. Uh, and like I said, I'm a big I'm a big fan of the concept of Fallen Angels. I think there's a lot to love here. I probably have the most extensive collection of loose threads and weird art from Fallen Angels 2, the project that never materialized. Mm. Yeah, sadly. The sequel that uh, never arrived. How many pages of that have, have come to light? I've got like, over 20. It? Wow, that's great. In- that's, that's about an issue's worth. Including a very touching moment where uh, Bill and Gomi uh, go visit Don's grave. Oh my god. Heartbreaking. Yeah, it really does hurt to see. Uh, Fallen mm. Angels 2, from everything I've learned, Marvel Editorial did cancel it. And it was damaging to the creators. Uh, Marvel editorial may have made a good call based on some of the content that did involve uh, child abuse and bestiality in a story oh that boy. does have a talking lobster. Oh boy! Oh boy! Yeah, not yeah, to maybe... not to Bill, not to Bill. That's I... maybe not the way you want to go with your uh, your wacky hijinks team of uh, outcast streetwalk. <laughs> Moon Boy <laughs> and Devil Dinosaur did get obsessed with watching MTV. <laughs> well that's what's so crazy about this is like you know they end up in the, in the dinosaur age and end up picking up these guys and um it's just so random and fun and i know deep in my heart like if i'm being objective about this that it is uh a bit of a mess yeah um but it, but at that same time like i appreciate how chaotic it is um and i it almost makes me love it even more because it's just such a bizarre uh, story thread that introduces all of these beloved characters. And I think, you know, there's always something to be said for, um, you know, that the bands that put out like the one perfect album and then never release anything else. Um, and, you know, then later they, they reunite and, and blow it. Um, this is kind of like that because we, we really don't get to see these characters again in a lot of ways. Um, you know, big parts of this team are either gone or have just sort of cameoed in places and they, they've never gotten back together as a group. So, you know, I think this has uh, all the makings of a cult classic um, when you look at it from that perspective. Uh, you say perfect album. I'm going to say deeply flawed, but deeply enjoyable album. Uh, oh, sure. Because, look, there's 13 characters in this. Bunch of them don't really need to be here. Ariel is kind of just a worse boom boom. Uh, well, and Ariel is a plot device in a lot of ways. You know, she's she's used so that you know it has a finale and that the, the characters can meet cute in a variety of different places. Yeah. Siren, um, Siren, and uh, Multiple Man love them. Mm-hmm. They don't do anything in this. Why are they here? Well, they're here so Peter David can reference this run. <laughs> and immediately, and immediately say, "Oh yeah, no, Jamie didn't do that. What are you talking about? He was on Muir <laughs> Island the whole time." Freaking oh, two-time it's Glad it's Award great. winner Peter Allen David. Oh boy. Uh, um, 
so you're right. The cast is too big. I think the the mission statement is all over the place. Um, but I don't know. I think that's part of its charm is that each issue you're starting to get something that you would not have expected. Um, and it's just a wild ride. So, you know, I'm still waiting for the day. I believe at the end of this story, uh, Sunspot says, hey, I'll keep in touch. And um, let, let's let's do that sometime. Yeah, so here's what I'd say. We have 252 stories on our list of every X-Men story from best to worst. Uh, Dark Phoenix Saga, Days of Future Past, and Astonishing X-Men Gifted round out the top three. Uh, at 50, we have, what do we got? Uh, Uncanny X-Men, Welcome to Genosha. At 100, we have Amazing X-Men, The Quest for Nightcrawler. 150, we're at Old Man Logan, Glob Loves Man Kills. I'd love that title. It's so good. Oh, it's so good. So good. Ed, the Canadian wildcard, Brisson did a great job with that one. <laughs> uh, number 200 is the New Mutant Summer Special from 1990. And then uh, 250 is NYX. 251 is X-Men Phoenix Legacy of Fire. And the bottom of our list is Uncanny X-Men, The Draco. Can I, can I do a quick aside? Yes. I was uh, long box digging uh, over the weekend. Um, and as I went through one of the long boxes, I believe it was the second issue of uh, Legacy of Fire appeared. <laughs> and I swear to God, like I had the box lifted up because I was flipping through it. And I like dropped the box in terror. I was like, no, get it away from me. <laughs> it's a bad comic. <laughs> I was like, I'm going to go to jail if I touch that. Um, Objective, right. Objectively. It may be the most reprehensible comic from a holistic <sighs> non-X-Men standpoint on this list. I yeah. think that's actually fair, but we've already ranked yeah. it. Um, all right. Uh, top 25, right? Top Let's 25? See. Number 25 is X-Men 186 Life Death. So do you think this is better than Life Death, Adam, in your heart of hearts? I mean, I'm going to... Oh, that's so tough. I don't think it is. It's not, I think though. It is. That's the I'm thing. Gonna, Here's why I'm torn about this is because I will reread the heck out of Fallen Angels. Like, I I think it has that sort of like wacky sensibility that makes me want to go back to it even more than something that might be objectively a better written, a better produced, better artwork book. Um, it's It's beloved to me. So like when I see something like X Club around 35, like... It may not be up to Spurrier's like crazy writing, but I feel like I'm in the right place on the list, you know, above 50. Okay, so number 50 is Welcome to Genosha. Yes. Um, look, a... a mm, Give me a window. I'm trying so hard, you know, Adam. Here, cause, here, here, here's what I, I think I can say, because I'll be honest, my read-through of this again, I was kind of done with the eight issues, like... Okay. All I right. wanted it to be maybe six. <laughs> All right. That's fair. I kind of wanted an issue nine, but uh, I, I, I wanted it to get to the parts that I love. And I wanted yeah. it to skip past all the boring, moody stuff about Sunspot that I don't care about. Um, I'll give you that. There are a lot of lulls. I, I, I will. I will admit that. Number so... number num- Here's what I'll say. Number 67 is the Pizza Hut X-Men. It's definitely better than that. I think I I can handle that. Um, it's not... It, mm, 
It's Where's not, your ceiling? It's definitely not as good as X Factor Volume 3, number 1 through 6, The Long Night. Or The Longest Night. Uh, the first Peter David X Factor Investigations arc. It's not that good. That's got I Ryan Silkart. It's pretty yeah. good. Did you see? Hold on, hold on. Did you see what Ryan Sook did to Matter Eater Lad from the Legion of Superheroes? No. What did he do? Because he is uh, he is drawing the new uh, new Legion of Superheroes book uh, written by uh, Brian Michael Bendis, uh, the guy who named uh, this podcast. Yes. Thank you, Brian. Brian Michael. This is what Matter Eater Lad looks like now. Oh, wow. He's a daddy. He's a thick guy there. He's an absolute unit. He's a solid chunk of boy. He's got a handlebar (laughs) mustache and a soul patch and a Norman Osborn-esque widow's peak. Yeah, he's also kind of got like a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle shell. Yeah, he's got a vibe to him. (laughs) Anyway, Uh, I say all that to say it's probably not as good as that issue of or that arc of comics. I I think that's, that's as high as I can conceivably put this. All right, Here, I'm, here's what I'm going to say. I think this would be good right below maybe another one of my favorites, which is X-Men and Alpha Flight. Okay, that's at number 60 right now. It's above uh, X-Men 314, Early Frost. Yep. yep. That's the thing. Like, Fallen Angels, I love and hate parts of it in equal measure. Bill mm-hmm. the Lobster. Bill the Lobster. Like, this right. is not a joke. It deserves, deserves, like, you know, a good spot on the list. But it, it does have its flaws. Um, so, I don't know. I, I'm, I'm thinking 60s here. I think 61, below X-Men Alpha Flight, uh, above Early Frost is the right choice. All right. All right. And Fallen Angels fans, just, just you know, deal with it, okay? Also, you know I love my Fallen Angels. Yeah, if you want more Fallen Angels, Adam has been writing Fallen Angels fanfic for... <laughs> it did kind of turn into that. I did, it I did. intend you, that to happen. You accidentally made a bunch of Fallen Angels fanfic. It's true. It is uh, It is very true. So uh, if, if you want to see some more lobster action and Ariel and all them, come watch, come read Bish and Jubes. It does. Um, it does. Look, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say this. The scene where Don the lobster has his big fight with a character that if you don't know about Bish and Tubes, I'm remaining unnamed. <laughs> that one page of comics is up there with my favorite thing I've ever seen you do. <laughs> ah, thank you. I was so, so happy with that. I'm, it's I'm that or the Garfield that strips that are uh, <laughs> maggot, which I forgot about. And then just randomly like two days ago on Sunday morning, I was stretching. I was like, Shoot, Adam did several strips where Maggot was John Arbuckle and Eenie and Meenie were Garfield and Odie. I should do more of those. They were so good. Like, we did it for the zine. And I I think those need to get posted, like, just for people to enjoy. Because, oh, oh sure. my gosh. Um, hey, I never asked you this. How do you feel about your, uh, your Wolverine mini-comic becoming canon? uh in wolverine uh, what what is that um the heck was the, the bad blood shot that just no came out. it wasn't bad blood that's a taylor swift song no it's not bad blood what the heck is it called it was blood ties like blood what no no wolverine blood keith sam, sam keith. keith wolverine thing well you know what i'm talking about there was a claremont story in there and and he was cooking 
ramen with his Exit claws. Wounds. Yeah, he was. Exit wounds. He was. Uh, there's a there's a long and storied history about Wolverine uh, making Japanese food, and I'm very very happy that his ramen <laughs> recipe is renowned throughout Japan. I guess. Oh boy. Wolverine's uh, having so many kids lately. It's crazy. Jeez. Wolverine and his many, many sons and daughters. Well, speaking of kids who are outcasts and live on the street, just like our fallen angels. Are we talking uh, about the runaways? Uh, no. Oh, um, man. I we wish. Are, we are revisiting a group of characters that uh, we did not like the first time we read through them. So what is the second story of today? We're going to talk about NYX No Way Home. It's the sequel to the third worst X-Men story on our list. Oh, uh, man. Because it's about runaways, and so is... Uh, living on the street. This is Exile like this is, this is like the sad, real version of Fallen Angels. <laughs> yeah, like what would actually happen to them would be like running from the cops and the government and assassins and uh, ghost dads. There is a ghost dad. <laughs> Uh, Ghost Dad's it, back. It's written by Marjorie Liu, who's very good. And I don't think we've talked about any of her X-Men stuff on this show. No, I don't think that we have. And she is such a huge improvement over Casada doing the story in the first book. Um, just having these characters written by a woman, uh, huge improvement. It makes me not absolutely hate them. So yeah. that's a that's a big step in the right direction. Uh, art on this one is by Kalman Androvsky. Uh, also, Ramon Perez does some inks on the later issues. Uh, and he mm-hmm. would go on to be a pretty good artist of his own right. Sure. Absolutely. Um, so we're picking up with the NYX crew after their uh, previous adventure. Um, but which, very which, soon... Which, for people me- who don't know, the or remember... Uh, the NYX crew is uh, Kaiden Nixon, who yes. is a rave girl who uh, can stop time. Uh, yeah, she's Hero from Heroes. She is, yes. <laughs> Man, okay, hold on. We're gonna put a, we're gonna put a timeout on this one. Adam, did you watch Heroes when it originally came out? I was one of those guys that was like so incredibly hyped by the first season of Heroes. Yes, the first then... season ruled. It it was legitimately like an amazing show, and I'm thinking, man, this is like my new favorite show. And I, I'm trying to think of another show that has bombed so hard in its second season, and then I still kind of came back for the third season just to see if anything had gotten better, and it hadn't. And man, what a disappointment! That that really could have been something. Yeah, I loved the first season of Heroes. Uh, it was great. It was the X Men show that I wanted. <laughs> Yeah, no, they did a really good job with it. I don't know how they messed it up, but they really messed it up. Anyway, so uh, Kaiden is basically hero from Heroes, if you ever watched Heroes. Yeah, there's uh, Tatiana, who is not really a vampire, but if she gets in contact with blood, she's going to turn into whatever the thing was, which is weird. Yeah, Uh, it's like possession and shape-changing. There's Bobby Soul and his little bro, little bro, uh, and... I still can't like accurately describe what they do. Lil Bro has comic book autism, uh, which mm. if you go back to our Legion issue episode, you can hear our thoughts about how that's never good. No, not nope. Not that there shouldn't be you know people on the neurodivergent spectrum in comics by any means, 
but comics should probably do a good job with them instead of saying that, okay, this just means that you don't talk, but you also have awesome superpowers. They've yeah. got to find, they've got to find like a way to make, make these characters humans. Well, I mean, that's kind of how, uh, autistic characters are written on TV as well. Um, that's but, a whole uh, other bag of worms. <laughs> yeah. Anyway. Um, yes, we have, uh, uh, Bobby soul. We have little bro, um, and their teacher, Miss Palmer, uh, who is quickly abducted by a secret cabal of weird people who some of them have lots of tattoos and are they assassins or what are they? So we're in very different ta- territory from the first NYX, which was involving X 23, not in this series. Um, which is it, weird. You'd think just from a sales perspective, you'd think, I mean, it's 2008. Uh, so even if, uh, like, Laura's not the biggest thing in the world. She wasn't a tiny thing. Like, she was still a going concern. Had had Marjorie Lou started writing X-23? She yet? had not. That started she had in, not. That started in, like, 10, I think? Okay. So, so maybe that's sort of in the, in the idea box at that point. I don't know. It is weird that she's not here, because she's a huge part, especially of the, uh, the finale of uh, NYX-1. Um, but we we also spoke about how we really didn't like the way she was portrayed in that series. So it, maybe it's better that she's not here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Though I think Lou would have handled her very very differently. She she approaches this cast um, with uh, uh, so much more respect, um, and, and it's not like a leering sort of perverted idea of who these young women are. Uh, you know, they actually have personalities. They have motivations and, uh, you know, they're trying to survive. So what's happening here is a little bit convoluted, but it it seems like there is this group of people that wants uh, abandoned mutants that that don't have family ties to become part of their, like, network of assassins. And um, Daddy, Dead Dad, Kaiden's Dead Dad, who who was shot in a police, well, he was a cop that was shot in a Mm -hmm. a, a police incident. is helping them, right? Like, th- am I getting that right? Yeah, he wants to use them to make it so that uh, Kaiden can't die or something. It's very confusing. Yeah, he's kind of got the the dead dad has like uh, a tap into the multiverse of some kind. So we do see in a in a very odd way, uh, a, sort of this representation of her dying at the hands of all these different superheroes and villains. And it's like, whoa, okay. Where's that book? <laughs> These characters aren't interacting with those, but um, it's a it's a market improvement from NYX. Um, I think the art is very good. I like the art better. I like the writing better. I still have trouble caring about these characters. Yeah, I just don't. I just don't. And I know I was coming into this one with a chip on my shoulder, uh, but... I, I gave it a shot. In fact, I was really surprised by the fact that, like, this is readable. I, I think it's um, well. Marjorie Lou's good at comics. That's that's the yes. thing. She yeah. She, the... This isn't her best work by far, but she's a very competent and good comic writer. Yeah, I think the writing here is very solid. I think that what's not going to work and and what is always going to fall through is that these characters just are not memorable. Like if you put Marjorie Lou on like a sequel to Morlocks, uh, I want to read the heck out of that because. I, I like those characters. I, I want to know what's happening next to them. The NYX cast, if I never saw them again, 
I'm fine with that. Like, you know what I mean? Like, Kaiden's the only one that's decent. Like, she's the only one that I could see. Okay, let's let's put her in a different role with a different cast and see what happens. Mm-hmm. The well, other, the other three, I, I can't tell you a big distinguishing feature of any of them, and I've read every appearance. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they're they're, I don't know. It, you're right. There's not a lot of substance to the characters. Things happen to them, um, you know, as opposed to them being interesting as those things happen. Right. So it's it's better than the very bottom of our list. Oh yeah, no, I don't think we're anywhere near as low as NYX. I, I think we're we're talking more about this as if it's it's just boring, um, and that, I don't know. That might even be a slight against it because like the writing isn't bad. It's just like we said, we're not interested in these characters, and whatever they are going to do is like well, okay, let it happen. Okay, um, I'm going to throw this one out here. Yeah, go ahead. Uh, Number 196 is District X, Mr. M. And I Mm -hmm. think that Mr. M is better. Like, I'd rather read that. I would agree. I'm looking somewhere in between there and down at 216. We have the 100th issue of Exiles, um, which, again, is a cast where I'm kind of like, eh, shrug, uh, nothing super crazy happening. I think this is probably better than that one issue. Yeah, um, because it's not as good as... It's not as good as the first appearance of Adam X the Extreme. No, where do we have that? That's at 209. It's not as good as that. No, it's not. Um, I don't think it's as good as the end of, of the New Mutants run either. Probably. So, mm, okay, okay, okay. Is it better than Judgment War? It's shorter. Yeah, you know what? I, I If I was pressed, I'd probably go back to... I don't know. And right below that, we have Time and Life of Lucas Bishop, which I, I might revisit more than this. I don't know. This is a tough one. 212 is Curse of the Mutants, and I hate Curse of yeah. the Mutants, and I'd rather read Curse of the Mutants again. Yeah. Curse of the Mutants I, has some dumb stuff that you can point at. Here's, here's bad, what I'm going to but... say. I think Judgment War has enough kind of cool superhero stuff in it that makes it more interesting than this story. And I, I would say, just as a Bishop fan, I think I like time, the times in the life of Lucas Bishop better than this, too. Look, you conceded on Fallen Angels by a lot, and I have yeah. no dog in this fight. Uh, so, <laughs> so NYX, NYX No Way Home can be 216. Perfect. Uh, as a as a uh, teaser for the future, we have a bunch of Marjorie, Marjorie Lou kind of coming up. Wasn't oh, planned, but we've got yeah. some good stuff. So Marjorie... If you're listening to this, and it'd be kind of weird if you did, uh, I mean, like, look, you're great. Why not? Why not? I don't know. Any, anyone can listen to our podcast. Everyone. My father-in-law can tune in and not know what we're talking about and turn it off. It's fine. My dad did <laughs> listen to our C2E2 episode and say, <laughs> I don't know any of these people. I don't know what was going on, but it feels like you're important. And I said, I'm not, <laughs> but I'm real happy you think that, daddy. That's a good takeaway. I feel like you're important, which is great. Gave out that vibe, and that's what's cool. Uh, what else gives off a cool vibe? Do you know? Do you know what else gives off a cool vibe? Uh, how about an all-ages book that totally kicks butt and is my daughter's favorite comic book? Really? Yeah, was absolutely. She, was she, did you tell her that you were talking about Moon Girl? 
Yes, I did. And she was very excited about the fact that we were talking about this issue in particular, which uh, co-stars um, the extraordinary X-Men. It does. This is Moon Girl and Devil Dinosaur number 17, uh, written by Brandon Montclair and Amy Reeder, with art mm-hmm. by Natasha Bustos. Ah, Bustos. So Bustos. good. Love Natasha Bustos. I feel like her and Erica Henderson are like so amazing at their craft and, and deserve all the credit in the world. They're amazing. Well, I, I think I think they're both great. I think they're both different, whereas Henderson is more of a straight-up cartoonist. Mm-hmm. And where Bustos is closer to an illustrator. Like, yes. From like a more children's book vibe. Both mm-hmm. of which are great. I love Erica Henderson art. Uh, and I love what Bustos is doing here because it's, it's real solid. Uh, so this is a uh, this is a real cool book. It's kind of part of a ongoing arc for Moon Girl in Devil Dinosaur. Yes. But one of the real clever things that this team does, for the most part, is that the stories are pretty standalone. You can pick up almost any issue and get a complete story, even if, much like in the older Claremont days, it's part of a larger ongoing tale. Absolutely. One of the things that uh, Brandon Montclair is very, very smart about is this book he knows is being picked up by an all ages audience. And it's really an introduction to the Marvel Universe. Uh, The Thing is a big character in Moon Girl. Um, Amadeus Cho's Hulk is a big character in the in the beginning of the series. So we get these windows into these other uh, characters and it allows, uh, I think, readers to get a sense of who those characters are if they wanted to explore them more yeah there's a part in moon girl and devil dinosaur later uh where moon girl and galactus the life bringer from when galactus (laughs) was a good guy for a a hot second uh when they show up and they fight this giant weird scroll war and it's so marvel comics it's Uh. just the most marvel comics I think that's one of the things that I really appreciate about this is that Montclair knows his history. And this is 100% like it feels like it's Marvel. You know what I mean? It's so soaked up in, in all of our, I don't want to use the word nostalgia, but like our love for these characters and it gets it very right. And um, you're right. This is part of a a short arc in which um, this is post secret wars and so everybody is kind of assumed that um, that Doctor Doom is dead, even though he's being Iron Man right now, um, is when this book comes out. And uh, Moon Girl is being pestered by what appears to be Doctor Doom and an army of Doombots. So to help her out, the extraordinary X-Men, led by Forge, take her to, of all places, a mall. <laughs> yeah, uh, somehow, Moon Girl and Forge became friends. I believe, I don't know if it was in this issue where they first met or if it was in an issue beforehand of, cause there was an unca- or an extraordinary X-Men annual uh, where yes. they had a backup story together. Anyway, they're adorable and they're best friends and I cherish their relationship. Absolutely. Um, and through a secondhand forge made Cerebro and the OmniWave projector, which is the uh, weird Cree device that brought Dino Dino... Oh, we didn't even talk about why we're really talking about this. Devil Dinosaur. Yeah, Devil uh, Dinosaur's a co-star in this one, yes. guys. Devil Sorry. Dinosaur's in this one. 
Yes, we're going on about Moon Girl, but uh, Devil Dino. Um, Devil you know, Dinosaur is tied for the highest numbered Marvel comic right now. Ah, uh, so that great. tells you something. And guys, the fact that we can get a Devil Dinosaur who maroos, uh, M-R-O-O, maru, it's just so adorable. Anyway, they uh, get transported back to the 80s, complete with uh, Forge's classic uh, life-death costume. He's in his hot um, pants. Forge hot, hot pants, pants is here. Yeah, and we learned that um, not only is this not Doctor Doom, it's Doombot, but it also adds the Doombot to the uh, really fun cast of this uh, <laughs> this wonderful series because the Doombot's head is caught off, cut off by Wolverine and it then sits in Lunella Lafayette's lab for many, many issues. It's great. Yeah, it's, it's just real charming. Like, this mm-hmm. is... It's a bit of a light issue in general, which is honestly probably appropriate for an all ages book like not a ton happens there's not a ton of peril it's they get put into a situation and they have to work their way out of it and they have to work their way out of it ideally without resorting to violence Mm -hmm. and i like it and it's good it is really fun and it was really fun reading you know my daughter is uh you know not a huge x-men fan by any means but knows that I'm a huge X-Men fan um, and is really into Storm. Um, you know, of all the X-Men, Storm is like her number one. So to see Moon Girl interacting with these characters that she knows that I like, you know, it, it, I just, this issue was uh, all the more bonding. Like we, we, over the last couple of years, have read almost every issue of this series together. And, you know, it's really fun to see these kind of character interactions. You remember when Moon Girl found out uh, that there was there was an X-Men genocide and that the Inhumans could fix it, but they didn't. And she said, we should fix that. <laughs> what are you guys doing? I'm nine. Yeah. I get why yep. you didn't bring me in earlier, but we should really fix that. Uh, yes. Yes. Very moment. good. And Great then moment. she became part of a... How would you describe the Rosenberg Secret Warriors? <laughs> Tactical... Uh frustrating i mean i i uh, wait hold on okay yeah okay hold on yes i want you to finish your thought because i know you're coming to it primarily from a moon girl standpoint yeah i i don't here's what i'm gonna say not a bad series i didn't think they should have been in it i think both of those are true but i also like that moon girl's there okay it's she she has a lot of levity to that team, and they need it. Yeah. Uh, well, and, yes. and, you know, we were talking before about doing Fallen Angels, more Fallen Angels, and why not? Like, that's a, these... That's Fallen Angels' is all get out. Yeah, throw them on, throw them on another team uh, and, and have them have wacky adventures. So no problem with that. Um, now, we have reviewed some things that are sort of outside of the x books uh this um, is technically edited by x-men editor chris robinson oh, and great. continues to be so uh yeah no i'm pretty sure this counts as legally as an x book okay i mean i think the highest we've ever gone with something like that is at 76 we have howard the duck 8 to 11 um this is I don't, not this that is not, good no this isn't rising to that um it's pretty good I, though I, I do think it's a lot of fun um so where are you looking on the list? It's better than extermination. It 
I would agree with that. Um, you know, it's fun in the same way that like, uh, let's see, hold on. What's around this? It's not better than 98, which is Avengers World 17, where Cannonball has a kid. Yeah. It's not as good as that. So that narrows it down a good amount. Is it better or worse than Quest for Nightcrawler and Amazing X-Men? Probably. And that's right above AVX. Yeah, that's at 101 right now. Mm, That's... You know what I'm going to say? I think you found an interesting spot here because I don't think this is better than Jean Grey Psych Wars. Okay. Um, mm. Then, yeah, I like I like the fact that you made my decision for me. <laughs> uh, and this can be the new number 104. A good Excellent. showing for Moon Girl and Devil Dinosaur. Characters uh, that I don't think people expected us to discuss on this podcast. Yeah, if... If you're not reading this book, check it out. It's it's like consistently amazing. It's it's a very good all ages book, but I can also see if someone's not feeling an all ages book, they're not going to love it. It doesn't talk down to its audience by any means, but it's right. written it's written directly for that audience. Oh yeah, no, you can tell. Like Brendan Montclair is a parent. He's you know he has a kid. He may have kids. I I think I saw him at a con with his daughter. Um, but like clearly he's writing it from that perspective um but if you are of that perspective you will love the book yeah it's it's great uh so jordan thank you for uh making us talk about so many animals that we love uh in this one uh which which was fun if you want to be like jordan and make us talk about a story and then have us go in wildly different directions with it uh, you can go on over to patreon.com slash Xavier Files. That's where, uh, for $2 a month, you can get just, we'll create an episode around one of your thoughts and suggestions. There's been a lot of good ones mm-hmm. uh, that we've gotten. A lot of stuff that I'm excited about on this list. Oh, yeah. Uh, so we've got that uh, going for us, which is pretty good. Uh, we also have other tiers of support that you can join. Uh That'll get you more requests sooner. Uh, you, If you want, you also get access to what we're covering every week, so you can read along in the Bow the Atom Book Club. If you hit the $300 a month level, uh, which I guess, okay, let me rephrase that. If you personally want to give me an Atom $300 a month, uh, <laughs> look, take your money elsewhere. But if collectively you guys make $300 a month to us, uh, then I'm going to start a spinoff mini-podcast. Uh, where me and friend of the show, Luz Bianca, go through the X-Men anime, and we watch that. Someone told me that having the only two animes I've seen all the way through be the X-Men anime and Neon Genesis Evangelion is quite a choice. (laughs) Uh, So we've got that. Uh, Anything else uh, that you might like, uh, you can always find it at XavierFiles.com. That's where I have all the latest and greatest in X-Men news. Uh, probably a roundup of all the stuff that they discussed at SDCC this weekend or last weekend, you know, recently. Uh, we've got an article that went up today as we're recording this about what all of the Weapon Plus programs are and a little description of all of the weapons and characters associated there, too. Uh, it was a lot of fun to write. And that you was can- very informative. 
you can tell the points where I said, I've already written 1,500 words about these characters <laughs> in this plot. Link. You can go over here. These are the boring ones. You're here to hear about brute force. <laughs> You're here to hear about the fact that one of Wolverine's uh, progenitors was a dolphin with an Uzi. Because uh, Marvel's good, actually. <laughs> and then Twitter.com slash Xavier Files. Adam, where can people find you online? Guys, you can always follow me on Twitter at Arthur Stacy. Um, I I think I'm at a point where I may need to be on a hiatus with new pages of Bish and Jubes, um, if only because I've been very busy with commission work and I just started a brand new job. So yeah, look maybe at, look at you with all that icon work. You yeah, uh, so, making the money. Yeah. So lately, guys, I've been getting a lot of um, uh, requests for. Uh, commission picks i think that zach yours will be out by now right but mine mine mine, which is me as ex nilo uh making an xavier mind reading thing with my arms in front of a beautiful thing of flowers in a red sky uh is going up uh should be it's actually i'm putting it up tomorrow morning uh, as we record this Um, love it here's the secret i'm happy with how that came out here's the secret I have a I have a little video that plays and transforms me too. <laughs> That's even better. I love it. That is great. Anyway, I've been doing a lot of those. Uh, if you want one, please let me know. Um, let's talk. Uh, wait, 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 wait. Let's talk. Are are you part of the community? Are you are you oh, an L tier? I'm sorry. I am not a Let's Talk account. Let's be very clear. Let's talk fish and tubes over here. Uh, <laughs> I mean, I would be honored if someone did something like that, but uh, no, uh, just just tweet me, tweet at me, please. Oh, what's your what's your Twitter? This is where you plug it. This is where I you said, plug. I said it, didn't I? At Arthur Stacy. All right, I said it again. Good job, Adam Rack. Yay. Uh, uh, yeah, let's uh, let's wrap this bad boy up because next week we're gonna be talking about uh, we're gonna be talking about a nation because because you know we are a house of X, mm. we are a nation of X. Yes. Uh, we are a people of X. And guys, it's going to be a good time. So until then, this has been Battle of the Atom. We hope you survived the experience. <laughs>